The Premier League season is over, but we still have the FA Cup final, Champions League and Europa League to come. And Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Welcome to 5000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me as ever as we reflect on another season gone by, Leicester City legend and my co-host, Matt Elliott. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, Rob. Good to speak to you as always. Now the season is done and dusted, we can uh, have a little reflect on all the the highs and lows of the campaign, can't we, from a Leicester City point of view? Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? It it was um, highs, very extreme highs. And then at the end, extreme lows. It's uh, It's been the longest season I think anybody can ever remember. I mean, I think uh, Wolves started their season over a year ago and they still haven't finished it. Um, but Leicester City, it's been nearly a year they've been uh, in action with that hiatus. And that seems to have played a big part, hasn't it? Although uh, I think you could see there's there's been a change in fortunes for Leicester City since the turn of the year. To start off with that game, it was all or nothing against Manchester United, wasn't it? A victory and they were guaranteed Champions League football, where they've been in the top four since September. It wasn't to be, Matt. What did you make of the game? I enjoyed it. I, I found it very intriguing. I thought it was quite a cat-and-mouse affair, really. And In the build-up to, to the game, there was a lot of conjecture about what formation, in particular, Brendan Rodgers uh, would adopt for, for this one-off game. Man United, you knew pretty much what was coming. There was a full strength, pretty much. Leicester had injury issues, didn't they? And they've had tactical issues over the last few games. And would he stick with the back three? Would he go with a back four that's more tried and trusted? And he went for the back three. And I looked at it, I thought, oh, I don't know, might be leaving yourselves open there. But I thought they they adapted to it very well, Leicester. I think it was a slight change of emphasis on how they approached the game. And with that back three, the, the, the wingbacks were were keen to get back and make it a five and help out defensively. They were solid and you could Man United break them down. They looked, they always looked dangerous, didn't they, Man United, with the, the sharpness of the front three, almost the front four with Fernandez in there. But at the same time, Leicester, you know, on the odd occasion, countered and had a threat of their own, didn't they? And, you know, the game was very much in the balance up until they considered the penalty, pretty much. Well, that seems to be the, the story of uh, Leicester City in recent weeks, isn't it? Um, shooting themselves in the foot. We saw it at Bournemouth. We saw it at Tottenham. And we saw it again yesterday. I mean, they're very much in the game. They're pushing. The game could have gone either way. Although I always felt United had that little bit more quality in the final third than the Leicester. But I thought they gave everything. Yeah. In terms of effort, closing down the work rate to harry and force errors. And then to give it give it away in that manner, that that was doubly disappointing, really. I mean, Hamza getting caught on the ball and the two centre-backs not being able to get back at Martial. There was a suggestion that Johnny might have got a little touch on, on the ball, but the, both of them coming in from either side, I think the referee was only going to give one decision there, didn't you? And that sort of started the rot, really. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people with a hint of sarcasm were predicting a Man United 1-0 win, weren't they, with the score of being Fernandez from a penalty, such has been the regularity <laughs> that they've been afforded penalty kicks, Man United. But um, you get them for a reason, more often than not, don't you? You get them you know, because you're spending a lot of time in the opposition's penalty area in dangerous situations. And uh, listen, they've had their element of fortune on those decisions at times, but not too many complaints about about the decision itself by, by referee Martin Atkinson there. I mean, you're trying to find reasons to have an argument, but there were two reasons why a penalty was given. I think both Morgan and Evans, both contacts on Martial. Yeah, it was disappointing, as you say. Leicester gave their all and... You know, as best could be, the plan was working to a T, wasn't it? You know, apart from scoring, you know, the all-important goal or two. But, um, yeah, they were closing down, weren't they? They were breaking up, playing good areas, picking and choosing their times to go and press and at times sitting off and soaking things up. But as you say, that Martial, uh, well, in particular Martial, I thought, but Man United... Very sharp, weren't they? A little interchange of passes and good movement. Always a problem for Leicester. And not one I ever felt they were that comfortable with. It was that people were making Rashford, whether it was or Greenwood or Fernandez sometimes as well. But in particular, Martial, it was little check runs and in behind. I didn't think Leicester, even with the back three centre-halves, ever looked totally at home with it. And... Uh, Ultimately, it was Martial who sort of broke the defensive line, didn't it, and caused the challenges. But as you say, lost possession in a, in a dangerous area. But in, in fairness to, to Man United, we speak about Leicester who were pressing and harrying and and pinching the possession. Man United did on that occasion. You know, it was it was disappointing. It was disappointing. And as you say also, I think, and maybe that's one of the things that Brendan Rodgers ideally will be addressing in the close season and in the future in general, is that just that extra bit of quality he mentions about that in the final third. And that's where the you know the real big players come to the fore, don't they? And you always felt, I'm in agreement with you, Rob, you always felt Man United just had that little bit extra, even though the game, statistically, I'm sure, as a contest, was very, very even. I have to say as well, though, I mean, they came off the pitch and there was dejection and disappointment, but they finished fifth in the Premier League, second highest Premier League finish, uh, fifth highest in the club's history, but there's still that element of disappointment. And the piece I wrote uh, that's on the uh, Athletic website uh, now assessing the, the impact Rodgers has had at the club, um, there's still quite a few um, responses on there that are very disappointed. You feel it, and it's understandable, isn't it, having put themselves in such a great position um, before Christmas to have seen it slide away. And it isn't just since... Um, uh, the restart of the season, although everything seems to have gone wrong since the restart of the season. It, it was before that, wasn't it? Where there was some really inconsistent performances. But if you take the season as a whole, though, Matt, you can't take one element out and, 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 and replace it with... You know, it's, you've got to look at the whole season in its entirety. It's still been a positive season. It's been a season of progress, hasn't it? Yeah, no, I think overall, that's more fair comment. And, you know, that's the way that... It needs to be looked at, but at the same time, you've got to be honest. You know, you've got to be realistic and say missed opportunities. And you know, it's. It, I'd say overall, it's been a progressive season. But then some people would counter that with a progression is you know is, is something that makes you move on the, an upward curve. Leicester have gone up very sharply, but then they've also dropped off as well, haven't they? So as 
lots of people rightly say, you know, the second best ever Premier League finish in terms of position for, for Leicester City. You know, what more can you say? That, that ends the argument, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Really, to an extent. But at the same time, there are little points in, within that that can be addressed. And Brendan's honest enough to, to mention that and recognise that. But I think there's one word that I saw Brennan quoted as he said, I want to bring more consistency. I think, yeah, of course, because the, the nature of the results in the second half of the season. But he also said about more ambition. And I was, I was like, mm, you know, it sort of intrigued me a little bit that. And it could be taken in different contexts. But I thought it was quite, um, quite a you know, marked comment, really. And I, I don't think it necessarily means in themselves but as the team itself and ambition I took that as sort of ambition stroke devilment to make that difference in the final third when it matters uh, you know to be a little bit more courageous maybe and creative and you know the, the players have the ability to do that but they've got a more conviction about their play and I, I think they they went off the boil didn't they they did go off the boil oh very much so and I think a lot of that came down to Bit of inexperience, I think, some of the younger lads, wouldn't you grow? I mean, like Harvey Barnes, uh, Hamza yeah, Chow. a lot of factors, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the younger lads have, uh, would have learnt so much. I mean, everything was going right first half of the season. Um, when it started to get difficult, uh, turn of the year, you know, you need your experienced characters then to really uh, stand up. But this is the core of this side is still very young, isn't it? I mean, you look at that midfield, Tielemans. Madison, Madison's second season in the in the Premier League. Tielemans, second season in the Premier League. Wilfred did. He's been around a bit, but he's still very young. You know, you know, there isn't that. I mean, you looked at the United midfield yesterday, and you got Matic and Pogba and Fernandez in there, and you think oh, exactly. there's a lot of experience. There's a World Cup winner there, you know, and trying to compete with that with these young kids, you've got to give them more time. You've got to give them time to to develop and grow and learn. But I think the expectation from the first half of the season has gone so high. Um, it's, it was. I think it was yeah. impossible to keep those levels up. Yeah, most sensible-minded people, you know, would understand that. The degree of the of the drop off it was frustrating, wasn't it? You know, to see that. Hang on, these players—they were scintillating in the first half. What's happened to them? The edge has gone off their game. But as you say, they, you know, the caliber of players that play man against at, at the top end of the Premier League is exceptional, and they're probably pinching themselves a little bit at how well they were performing because everything they tried came off didn't it you know the, the in the pre-season Brendan has you know put his uh his mark on things how he wants them to play and he must have been startled a little bit <laughs> there were nice patterns of play wasn't there you could see it from the side it was all structured and everything was working beautifully and for that to continue you know, it was nigh on impossible really as much as anything other teams will work things out a little bit they'll adopt uh, a different approach as well. I think they were perhaps a little bit not blasé against Leicester initially, but they didn't take them, a, you know, to a hundred percent as seriously as they maybe should have, and left themselves open for Leicester's attacking slick play. And yeah, you know, it, it was it was wonderful to see. Then they needed a not a plan B, but a different different way of approaching games really. And I think this. I don't know. When the, the lovely patterns of play became less effective, all of a sudden I felt like it needed a little bit of an edge brought to their game. And I think, I'm not sure Leicester had that. You know, early on in the season that as well, they were hounding teams as well, weren't they, in terms of pressurising you know, that 4-1, 4-1 system. It, it, 
it was transformed from a not a defensive system but in, into a very progressive one who put the opposition teams under pressure. I think Leicester did that less. The edge came off their game. Maybe that's a natural consequence of the you know the season's efforts taking their toll. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the expert in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped has just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, so you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. And the water-resistant technology also allows you to groom whilst in the shower. And we've got a special offer right now for all of you listening to this podcast. Get 20% off and free shipping right now by using the code EPL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code EPL20. Happy shaving. I think um, that game yesterday, and certainly since um, the restart has exposed one area that uh, Brendan and the club have to address in whatever transfer window, however long that is, because um, it's a very quick turnaround to the new campaign. The strength in depth for the squad. I mean, I thought James Justin did superbly on the right-hand side of the back three yesterday. And Luke Thomas, and um, again, provided more chances than anybody else, the young kid that's come from the academy. Um, but if I think it's with the number of injuries they've had and losing three of the back four and losing Madison, Matt, I think it's it's clear that the the squad isn't the the quality in depth isn't quite there in to compete with these massive clubs with all the resources they've got. And Brendan's mentioned that many times. He's called them superpowers, and they've managed to com- compete with them for a large part of the season. But when they've had injuries biting and suspensions, they haven't been able to draw on the quality in depth in the squad to sustain that challenge. And ultimately, that's the main reason I think they've dropped out. Yeah, I think it's, it was definitely one of the reasons, isn't it? And over the, the course of the whole season, probably the main one. Um, but at the same time, the, the drop came when pretty much most of the players were fit, though. You know, Madison was still in the team, wasn't he? And Soyuncu and Pereira was a big miss, I think. I think he's probably, you know, the, the effect of him not being in the team has been felt more than most, really. Um yeah, these people have half forgotten about him because he's such has been the, the length of his time out. But he was a massive player for Leicester, wasn't he? Both, you know, attacking and defensively. Um, and but James Justin, full credit to him. I, I'm in agreement with you, Rob. He was exceptional yesterday. Goal saving challenges on a couple of occasions. They've got a reasonable strength in depth, I think. But when you compare it to you know your so-called rivals, uh, the top four then they are on a different level in, in, in that context as well. And, and that's that problem of uh, levelling the field is not going to be assisted by the fact that five substitutes are seemingly going to be allowed for the next campaign as well. Probably does favour the big teams, as has already been mentioned regularly. Yeah, Leicester, again, they, they fail to beat any of the... Uh, the t- top four teams above them this season. You know, that's something that needs to be looked at. And also it's reflective of... You know the, the the problems and the quality that Leicester do face that are up against, but it's good that they're challenging at that level. And in terms of additions in the close season, it's very unlikely that they'll all be filled. But there are five or six positions that could do with adding to. I think you know you go right the way through the team now. I mean, with I don't know, another centre half, 
maybe someone to compete, challenge Evans and Soyuncu. Wes Morgan's played admirably since he came in. But you know, I've heard this before, and he's not getting any younger. Many people have said that many times. But, um, you know, perhaps a, a, another option in midfield and talking about the wide attacking players and then a, a, a second striker ahead of Ian Acho who can cover or play alongside Jamie Vardy. So, you know, it's going to be a busy summer, that's for sure. It might be a short one, but there's going to be lots of involvement for Leicester City, you feel. What about some of the lads that have been um, out? They're still members of the squad, but they've been out on loan, like Islam Slomani and Adrian Silva. Do you think your time is up for them now? They really need to clear the decks of some of these guys and, and reinvest those wages, because they're on good wages, both of them, uh, into the, the new recruits, and just have an overhaul of this squad, really. Is this the time to press the reset button and, and go again and not just think, well, you know, if we can get back to the form of the first half of the season, we'll be all right next season. Let's have a rethink about some of the elements of the squad and let's try and do more business than they originally attended. Although COVID and everything is going to complicate everything in terms of the finances and, and that for the, the transfer window and who's willing to sell players and who's not. Um, do you think though, though those guys need to be moved on now? Yes, in a short answer. Yeah, I think it, I think they would have been moved on already if if it was feasible in financial terms. You know, the... Um, Deals these days are so complicated, aren't they? And players have their reasons for, you know, for wanting to stick around. And the... Harry's sponsors 5,000 to 1, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. As a listener of 5,000 to 1, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for just £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and a travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash Leicester City right now. That's harrys.com forward slash Leicester City. Leicester you know, haven't been shy of splashing money. There's a negative to that sometimes when it doesn't work out. You know, in the case of Slomani and Silva there, I, I, I mean, although Slomani would give you another option in a physical sense, and you know, he, he had his... He you know, had his moments for Leicester, but generally, I don't think he's what Brendan Rodgers would be looking for. Silver, best days maybe behind him. Didn't struggle to get to terms with the pace of English game, didn't he? When he first came, you know, technically you're thinking, wow, you know, we've, we've got a real quality performer here, but just couldn't get up to speed with things, could he? It was strange. Felt sorry for him, really, with the career he's had. But they haven't bought too many established, um, I'd say Silver apart, too many you know, established well-known, high-profile names. It's, they've tried to do sensible business and a lot of times they've got it right. Of course, it doesn't always work in that instance, but maybe maybe that will change to a level. Um, you know, I don't see Leicester outgunning the likes of Man City or Man United uh, in, in terms of a, you know, a transfer challenge, but they may go for one or two players who, you know, tried and tested. You know what you're going to get a little bit just to just to round things off a little bit in the squad. Uh, be interesting to see how things develop in, in the summer. Well, one priority has got to be to bolster the attack and uh, ease the burden on Jamie Vardy. He's had a fantastic season. Golden Boot winner, the first outright winner of the Golden Boot for Leicester City. And uh, phenomenal season he's had, but he's 33. He's still got a couple of years left in him, I'm sure, to at that level. Um, but they do need some sort of support, don't you think, to to come in? And, and when he's not having um, the, that that sort of level for that day, they need another option, don't they? Yeah, I think I think people have said that for 
quite a while now. I'm sure Brendan Rodgers will be aware of that. Kelechi Inacho, bless him, you know, he gives his all every time he's requested to do so, but it's mostly frustrating for him. You know, he's in and out of the team. He, he starts and he comes off at half-time or he comes on as a sub and does quite well and back on the bench the next game and then he finds himself starting against Man United in the biggest game of the season. You know, I didn't think he did that bad, but he came off and Brendan wanted to try a different option. You know, I think it's, it's you know, it's, while he's a capable player, it's, it's probably not the solution that Leicester are looking for, in fairness, you know, to, well, not just replace, but play alongside Jamie Vardy as well. You know, you need it as an option, but you need someone who can, at times, you know, make a duo. And Kalecci's given his all, and I'm sure he'll continue to do so. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the key area, isn't it? Because, it, you know, it's glaringly obvious that, that Jamie, the goals that he scores... You know, he's absolutely streets ahead of anyone else. And that, that shouldn't be the case, you know. An over-reliance, it's been mentioned many times, but it's true. Um, I don't think enough players contribute enough goals when you look throughout the team, you know, all the way back through to the centre-halves, even. You know, that, that you need to be... Uh, you'd be disappointed if, if you don't score a fair ratio of goals and think enough players... Well, not, not, you know, I fulfil my role in the team. And perhaps that's another reason that Brendan Rodgers mentions the word ambition, you know, individual ambition to go and improve your stats as a lot of players like to these days. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's difficult though, isn't it? You know, the other teams have struggled. For instance, the likes of Tottenham, you know, what what top class striker is going to come to Tottenham when Harry Kane's there? And you've got that problem a bit uh, with Jamie Vardy. But um there's sort of different roles. I suppose you're looking for someone who can play wide and play central. Man United have got it to a T, haven't they? <laughs> a little bit now. You know, the, the rotation with those front three, Marshall and Rashford in particular, the times they were covering for each other. You know, you, you, you could start a game with any one of that front three playing central and the other two wide and it wouldn't be too much of a problem. That would be best case scenario for Leicester. Well, absolutely. And, and not only is it about the guys at the front, it's about the guys... Um, just behind them, teeing up those chances. And uh, I know that every summer there's always uh, uh, some people that predict a mass exodus from Leicester City that um, all their best young players are going to be uh, enticed here, there and everywhere. But we uh, understand James Madison, some positive news. James Madison's uh, set to um, sign a new contract at the club to um, uh, certainly um, commit his, uh, his the next few years to the club. And that's got to be a massive positive, isn't it? That somebody like James Madison still sees a future at Leicester City, even though they've missed out on Champions League football this time. But uh, he still sees uh, a future at the club for the next few years because this is a club that will give young lads an opportunity and a chance to shine on the biggest stage. There's the key at the end of the big stage as well, Rob. You know, they're competing at the top end of the Premier League. They're playing in Europe next season. OK, albeit Europa, Europa League, but that's... a yeah, big experience for um, a lot of the players at the club, uh, James Madison included. And also, I think there's, there's lots of speculation about lots of players at Leicester and you take that as a positive, really. That just comes with the territory when you're performing well. I think with Madison, I think if he's offered the opportunity to sign a long-term contract, he'll just snap it up and, you know, fair play to him. He's, he's going to be rewarded handsomely for it. 
But, uh, you know, from Leicester's point of view, there's a little bit of security in some senses. But we've seen it before. We've seen it with Harry Maguire. I believe he signed a new contract, didn't he? Not long before he eventually went to Man, uh, Man United and like a bit of security and so over the club. And it, it does it defuse speculation? Not really. Not really. Maybe maybe a touch. But I, I look around at it. I mean, the fact that Fernandez has gone to Man United is diffused. <laughs> speculation in Madison's um, situation. But, um, you know, the players that have been mentioned, where are they going to go? I mean, Chilwell regularly gets mentioned, doesn't he? And people just sort of resign to the fact he's going to go at some stage. But I don't think that's a 100% done deal, really. I think, you know, he's still got bits to prove at Leicester, really, and got a little bit of room for manoeuvre. We shall see. We shall see. As is usually the case, I don't think... You know, there'd be a whole flurry of activity that you know, players are going to be piling out of Leicester City. You know, one I would say maybe may leave. I would say probably no more than that. Other than players who are on the periphery, uh, Leicester, you know, quite good at keeping older players if they have the desire to do so. You're right. There's only one player, one of the big name players that goes every summer. Um, ben, and Ben Chill's got four years left in his contract, so it's not going to be cheap. It's a similar situation to the Harry Maguire situation they found themselves in last year. So we'll have to see how that plays out, Matt. Uh, another season gone, Matt. It seems to fly by. This one didn't, but normally the seasons fly by. Um, it's just a quick <laughs> turnaround to the next season. As this whetted your appetite, hopefully fans will be back because that makes such a big difference. I mean, that one an atmosphere that would have been inside the King Power Stadium for that showdown with Man United, if fans had been in there. It, it's just not the same, is it, without fans? So let's hope we have football back with fans next season. Yeah, fingers crossed, Rob. I mean, as you say, it regularly crossed your mind yesterday when we were watching the net, watching the game and you're thinking, oh, I mean, it was a good occasion anyway. It was an intriguing contest throughout but with the you know the added spice of not just Leicester City supporters, Man United would have come in their hordes as well, wouldn't they? And it really would have been a, a special occasion, but um, sadly not to be. Hopefully soon in the future. Brilliant, Matt. Thank you very much for, for joining us on 5001 again, once again. Thank you again to all you listeners. Stick with us throughout the, uh, the closed season. We'll be bringing you all the transfer news as well as Leicester City prepare themselves for another challenge for Champions League. And this time, let's hope it ends a little bit differently. Thank you. As you'd expect, most of the listeners to this show live in Leicester. So if you run a business in the city, what better way to promote it than through our show? Just as the football season is making a comeback. Our listeners are loyal and engaged, just like you. So get in touch, sponsor our podcast and give your business a boost. To advertise on this very show, go to www.theathletic.com forward slash podcast ads UK. You can fill out a very simple form and tell us exactly how much you'd be willing to spend promoting your business. We'll be straight back in touch and you could soon be sponsoring your favourite podcast. So go to www.theathletic.com forward slash podcast. Podcasts Ads UK.